Good afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you may be hearing this podcast. It's the uh, third episode of our C3 podcast, Candid Career Combos, with uh, our your co-host, Jessica Richardson, and yours truly, Andy Bowden. This is our third episode. What do you think about our first two, Jessica, that we've done thus far? Well, I think that we've we've tackled some some good subjects and uh, I think we're getting smoother as we go and hope hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so today's topic is going to be about job hopping versus non-job hopping, I guess. And and this is one I think it's near and dear to your heart because you see it uh, I we both see it. I think you see it a lot more given what you do. Um, yes. Just to get started, I guess from from the what is a job hopper? What how do you define a job hopper? So you know, there's a lot of, of opinion and positioning on on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on wherever you want to go about what is a job hopper? Is job hopping a thing? And we need to just get rid of the term job hoppers. And the reality is, yeah, maybe we do. I, I can absolutely see that. And I think there's a lot of people that unfairly carry carry that label. That said, um, it's not going to go away with hiring managers and employers because when they put a resume up that has significant uh, achievements and uh, tenure or, uh, you know, just a record of career growth versus one that does not have those things, typically the, the former will get the interview. Now, that's not always the case. You know, there are roles that uh, are short, tend to be shorter term in nature, like sales or um, I, I've seen IT uh, technology has really, uh, the tenure on that has, has really kind of decreased over the last, I would say even five or six years as that, as that market has heated up. And that happens and that's great. The problem is when there is no record of achievement, there's no real path, there's no real forward progression in the resume. And that's when that, that term comes. So as a career coach, when I'm working with somebody, when I've been when I've coached people who have, uh, let's say, fairly carried the label, you really just see this meandering path through their career. They don't know what they want. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they like. They jump from one, you know, bad job to another. And and, and sometimes it's the job. Absolutely, sometimes it's the job. Sometimes things there's layoffs. There's um, bad toxic environments that people deal with, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes it's a history of, of bad work habits or bad in, interpersonal habits or uh, a failure to do due diligence on the type of environment in which you can you can sit and do until you have time to make an achievement um, and thrive. Uh, and then you see that that progression. So what I work with those people on is really understanding, you know, what they bring, how they, you know, where they work best and how they can get to a job that allows them to thrive. Because sometimes, you know, we just have to take a job and, and that's, that's where there's, there's a problem with it. Um, who's not a job hopper. That's people who regularly move forward in their careers. It doesn't matter if they've been in a role for four years or a year and a half or whatever it is. Um, when you see uh, people moving forward for, improved titles, um, improved salary, um, and there's a history of achievement within those within those roles, there is absolutely no shame in that. And especially since studies uh, show or many studies show that your best chance at salary and career progression is sometimes outside of a company rather than within. So I'm going to turn that over to, uh, yeah, well, to you, ladies. 
Yeah, thanks. No, uh, great, great stuff there. And that's true on, on you know, several fronts, because I, I know I've watched a lot of people, you know, one company that I was with for a long time, and I'd see people leave. And, and they left for great reasons, because, uh, you know, I'm in the tech industry, and you're right, tech has, has won, there's always been this need to get someone with experience in specific areas. So, you know, one one organization will really, I'll call it poach from the other, right? And then there's the aspect of, of then come back and they get more money. And I've seen people leapfrog me. Maybe mm-hmm. I leapfrog them. You know, so so there's that aspect. It's I've seen it. It's It can be true. Um, I also think that, you know, in, in several hiring manager roles I've, I've been, when I looked at resumes and looking to fill a role and, and, and you're, right, you're right, I can tell most of the time, I, I think I've been able to tell most of the time, it's like, what has this person done? Because if they're just listening, and I've seen some LinkedIn profiles like this, uh, mine even might show the same way of just, I'm not, you know, what have they done? And, we're, you know, and, and so if I had someone in front of me for an interview, I'll ask them, you know, what have you done? Uh, whether they have a gap or they, they, they don't have any gaps, but they've had several jobs in a short amount of time, I definitely want to know what they've done. What kind of said before in, in previous episodes of I, I'm looking for results. And mm-hmm. if I see great results, regardless of the time frame they've been there, then that's, that's a good thing, you know, versus a red flag that has somebody, you know, like I can't tell what you've done. And unfortunately they may not be able to tell me what they've done if they've been interviewed, or even if I'm just talking to someone, getting to know them or coaching them and, you know, I hear they've done all these jobs, but I want to know how well they performed in them as mm-hmm. a sign of how they'll perform better or, or for me in the role that I may yes. be looking for. So, so yeah, it, it it's it's a I don't know it's, I don't know if it's a fine line. It can be depending on how the resume is written and read. Um, so it, it's definitely something that to be on the lookout for, and I think. You know, anybody that's in a job search and job hunt needs to be aware. There's definitely, I can definitely tell valid reasons why someone has moved along. And if they've moved along uh, favorably, that's great. And, and you know, to, to another point of, they should easily be able to tell someone, whether they're being interviewed or on the resume, what the situation was. Was it because they laid off? Got laid off? Are they in an industry? You know, you know, we both are here in Houston area. There's a lot of oil and gas, a lot of churn. Industry, there's a lot of churn in a lot of industries. So, if you've done well enough, you should be able to explain that without any guilt, I guess. You know. And I think that that in in in, in general, you know, it's not your fault if you took off because your kids were young. It's not your fault if you. Um, you know, had health issues or your or family member had health issues and that caused either a big gap or a spotty um, length of time in, in roles. And that gets tricky for sure, because, um, you know, people expect an explanation and you can't always um, give it because you feel like that hurts your chances at getting getting the uh, interview to the next step. Um, but really quickly, I want to follow up on something you said. You said short term uh so, you know, a lot of roles in a short period of time. So I think some people think that means four or five jobs in six years. And it's more like four or five jobs in a year and a half, four or five jobs in two years. We're looking at like multiple three-month roles, six-month roles, nine-month roles. And 
that are spread in and out. You know, for people who have worked a year here and two years here, maybe, you know, a six month role because the role was just awful. And then all of a sudden they work a three year, that's normal career progression. If you're moving forward and and, and you can tell that that person is, is improving or moving laterally and then going forward, there should be an overall pattern of, of growth in a resume. And some people can't get that. And I think, you know, um, it, it's not always their fault because there are medical, because there are other, other reasons. Um, other than just poor performance. And, and I'd like to tell a couple of scenarios, if, if, if you don't mind, yeah, yeah, uh, of two people that I've worked with in the past. One was as a hiring manager and one was as a, a resume consultant and career coach. The first one uh, was a member services role. And we were in a situation where we needed somebody to fill that role ASAP because we had to have coverage uh, for a desk. And I think I've mentioned that before. And she was not my first pick. Her role just, it, it looked like she had jumped around. I didn't really see anything where she had, had done much or uh, achieved much. Multiple short-term roles, multiple jobs. Um, sometimes when you get into customer service, member services, you see more of that. I was less worried about it. Um, and when I talked to her, she was pleasant. She was enthusiastic. She was uh, a really, I mean, just a nice person. Um, so we hired her because we didn't have a <laughs> we didn't have a lot of uh, different candidates for that role at that right, time uh, right. because because of where we were located but um, the other reason was she just was nice and I thought well you know what she's pleasant people are going to be looking talking to her and she can write so that that's all we need for member services at a base level would not stay at the front desk you would walk out it would just be empty and couldn't find her. She'd be in her car on the phone. She wouldn't tell anybody she was going, wouldn't show up on time. We had to have somebody there to unlock, you know, you were the first person in. So when the first uh, person walked in the door, you had to be there to greet them. So you did have to be a butt in a seat to a, to a certain extent. Um, not there on time, never poor, poor work habits. And we wound up having to in that relationship, not because we didn't like her. You know, I still like her. I think she was a, a fine person but she had poor work habits and it showed in her job record. The other person, she had uh, worked for a startup. She was in the healthcare field and she had worked for a startup and that startup had gone under and it was at like year six. So she worked with it for a couple of years and then it folded. And then she had a gap because it was in the middle of one of the recessions and it took her a while to find the job. And I think if I remember correctly, she had stayed home. Um, she had done that startup after staying home with her kids uh, for a little bit after they were born and getting them you know, ready to go to school. She got that job. It folded. <laughs> and then she got another job. And then it was in the middle of all those layoffs in 2017. And she got laid off in 2017 and then got another job you know, after a few months and got laid off from that job. She was not the only person laid off. It was two reduction in forces. But when you saw that on a resume, you saw a three or five year gap. I can't remember how long. And then two very short term roles. And then she'd just been laid off from her more recent role. And she was an unemployed candidate out there. And we all know it's easier to find a job when you have a job than when you don't. And she was struggling and she was discouraged. And she was a great worker who had no, not, no significant achievements in these roles because she didn't have a chance to. You know, so 
So those are really a difference between what I would classify a job hopper and what I would classify somebody who um, that's the person that that just needs to figure out how to how to frame the conversation and and uh, take care of their resume or their interviewing or their networking so that they can they can move forward. The other person needs to make a change in habits so that yeah. they can move forward. Right. And I'll let you kind of take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and uh, yeah, I, I've told you about someone else I've seen where, you know, he's asked us, uh, me and other colleagues of, of mine to look at his resume help him find a, a new role. And he's had, I don't know, something like eight jobs in seven, eight years. And, and with some small gaps in between. And, and what, what the key was to me was I didn't see any accomplishments on his resume. And then, then further asking him, what have you done? And he told me more mm-hmm. activities he did, which are different from accomplishments and results. And uh, back to like, you know, again, my hiring manager mind, I want someone who's going to come in and, and make results, you know, and, 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 and so he's having a difficult time now finding a new role because he's got this history and, you know, he needs to do something different in terms of showing that. And he, I think he's making a, a, a valid effort of, you know, on his own trying to show where he can add value. But but it definitely is a, a red flag when you see see that. I know it's right. red flag for me, you know. And uh, you know, but then it comes to gaps. I, I met a a woman recently who's been out of the workforce for several years because of motherhood. I get that, and and she can tell a good story of what she's been doing since then, trying to get her skills up. But you know, it's things like that that you know one shouldn't be afraid to to have the story of. Why are those transitions happening? And I myself was in, found a role that, uh, you know, after maybe about three months, I realized, oh, we're, we're on shaky ground here from a business perspective. And, I, you know, we're trying to set up a new division. We're trying to kind of get off the, the reliance of another vertical market we, the company had been in for a long time. And unfortunately, we didn't get there. But in the meantime, I did a couple things besides just um, maybe I need to find another job. Is I, I started still doing, you know, what could I accomplish? And I, you know, within seven months, when I'm asked, when I was asked, why were you there for such a short time? You weren't even there a year. Like, well, I got laid off, but you know, I was able to do two or three things to to uh, increase the marketing exposure, the web traffic we had on the website. You know, there's some key things that I could show that I was productive, and but in my in my own mind, I realized I better start showing quickly. I could uh, contribute to this organization, so that right. one one or two things is going to happen. One will successfully transition to get more business in a different market and reduce the reliance on the one they were trying to get out of. Or if I get laid off, at least I've got some some key accomplishments that I can I can tout on my resume, my LinkedIn profile. I can talk through the whole process. And I think that's the key. What I'm looking for is talk me through what has been going on, mm-hmm. how you transitioned. You know, you just weren't, you know, what, what I don't get. And I, I, this was many years ago, but when I asked one person why they wanted the job, I'm like, well, because I live close. <laughs> well, that's not, that's not a key accomplishment. I, I don't, you know. It's, it's a legitimate actually, reason, but that's those things in your head that don't need to come out or they need to be framed right. differently. Well, and it's, <laughs> it's again, it's, it's not about you as 
a candidate. It's about how you as a candidate can help add value and contribute to the organization. And, 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 you know, I know that's another topic thread we could get into later, but I think that's the mental aspect of, of a job hunter of where do I stand? How does it look? I always, you know, uh, again, from marketing perspective, it's what's your outside in thinking? What do other people, how do they see you? How do they see your, mm-hmm. on your resume? Uh, just like on a product. I, I want to know how my customers look at my product and what they think of it. When you're in a job search, you are the product. And yes, absolutely. You know, you've got to show how you can help them with that, whatever issue they've got. And you've got to do all that research, all that kind of thing. But uh, I think that's where, when I see the red flag kind of resumes and candidates, that's where they are struggling to get to it, to show where they can, they're, they're inward focused, mm-hmm. not outward focused, and, and try to describe what value they can do to whatever organization they're, one, currently working for. Because you're right, it's true. It's easier to get a job when you have one. But then, uh, you know, if you don't, you're in a job hunt, you, you got to always, how can I contribute to this organization and express that? So following up on, on something you said, uh, you were talking about explaining those gaps. And there are people on uh, out there who say, and, and recruiters that say, that's none of my business. The gap is none of my business. You shouldn't have to explain the gap. How do you feel about asking about gaps and tenures and, and, and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have an issue asking. What I'm looking for is how were they productive during that gap? And not just did they learn new skills? You know, we've known a few people who are trying to pivot and they get certifications. That's great. Um, I, I, that's my whole thing is how have you stayed productive during the time in between your last job and interviewing for this one? Uh, and I think that's... Um... I think that's important uh, because um, when we say looking at gaps, we're not talking about a gap from six years ago or 10 years ago. Nobody's caring about that. It's when you're coming straight out of the gap. Yeah. And I know we've kind of transitioned to gaps, but I think a lot of that, when you see those resumes, um, they go together. Um, so when you're transitioning out of a gap, um, it's, it's maintaining relevancy. Um, and that's not always the case in some, in some fields, you, you don't have to necessarily, like when I was doing member services, even if you were a member services director or things like that, there's not a lot of change. There's some technology change, but it's not as, as big of a change as, say, um, the person I helped come back in transition after a five-year gap, uh, not five-year, five years uh, of, of leave from the, from the workforce who left during the digital revolution and she was a marketing executive. Well, the world had changed and she didn't really need to know those nitty gritties, but she had to show how she could direct a team doing that and how she was the strategy side, because a lot of what she was being asked was, well, you know, what do you know about uh, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and TikTok and all of these things that had happened um, during the the social revolution and the the digital revolution and and, uh, segmentation for for, uh, your email system and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then for you in technology, it's the same thing. So many new technologies. And if you're going to be involved in those, how did you stay abreast of them? How did you, uh, maintain, you know, relevancy, right. And being able to show that is a, a huge, uh, 
deal when you're trying to re-enter after after a significant time away. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even in my case, I I, I wasn't away that long, but you know, tech, like you said, technology has changed a lot, and there's a whole mm-hmm. lot more out there. And I realized eight, 10 years ago, I, I had to, and me and others like me who've been in the workforce for a long time need to stay relevant. And that's where I realized I just need to keep studying what's the newest, latest thing going on. What are some of the things, like I never understood what blockchain was. And that's, I still don't completely, mm-hmm. but I can understand its impact on business or, or cybersecurity or things like that, that it's, it's, that's to me what I'm looking for when I talk to others or as in a hiring manager role, interviewing others of how, how well are, how well versed are they? Do they at least understand it given that they may not have had direct experience in it at this point because it's such new technology. Uh, I, I want to have them understand it. And I know a lot of technology jobs are that way, uh, but even supply chain. Uh, I, I met a young man who's had, who's had four jobs in five years out of college, but it's not because he job hopped. I mean, he has gotten fantastic international experience very early on and was mm-hmm. able to show that he could handle large deals. And, and, and then he's gotten recruited, you know, as a result, it wasn't, he was job hopping. He actually had headhunters after, you know, at 26 years old, getting headhunted for another role, you know, and, and every role he's advanced. And so probably by that time he's 30, he's probably a vice president. You know, I, I, maybe he's not, but the point is he has done such a great job so early on and had it, and, and he'll admit he got very lucky in his first role to get the experience he got, but he's leveraged that to move forward. So when yes. someone looks at his resume and he's, you know, like you graduated high, uh, college and next year, five years later, you're on your fourth job. But if you look at his titles and his accomplishments, like, oh, this guy is really good. And he's a, he's a fast mover. So, yeah, you know, it, it's, again, that's the key to me. One of the key things I would look for is, yeah, how well have they progressed? And even whether there's gaps or not, it, you know, what have they done? Uh, whether they're working or they're not working, what have they done to stay ahead, stay with the current technology or the current, uh, you know, wherever the job may need to be so they're, they, they could step in and kind of have an understanding without not all the experience you may not have at that point. Yes. So, you know, I, I think we can move on now to like, how do you, how do you separate yourself out? How do you make sure that people who are reading, if you're, if you do have a resume and you don't have an easy story of achievement or progression, um, how do you, you know, uh, how do you meet that challenge? You know, I'm not going to say overcome it, but how do you meet that challenge? And um, bringing it back to the, the scenario that I gave about the person who faced all the layoffs and the, uh, those things, we put it in a resume and it was just a very brief blip under the, uh, under the employer. We would say role ended due to reduction in force that, uh, of the entire department or whatever it was, just very brief. And, um, you know, role ended when, when startup closed. Role in it, and she went from getting zero interviews to getting a great job within a couple of months, and um, is doing great. I mean, she's not still at that job; she's moved on and, and, and progressed forward from there, and built from that job. That was her one to two year job, and she's built from there and moved forward. and um, And that's wonderful, you know. That's that's 
kind of the, the dream to find the, the job that helps you go forward in your, your career. Um, layoffs are so easy. I've, I've dealt with people all the time that have been a victim, uh, not a victim. <laughs> a, I guess that's kind of true. Yeah, but then, you feel that way. You feel, yeah, you can feel you do, that way. Because I mean, you know, you're just going along and all of a sudden you're just jobless one day and you may not even have known it was coming, um, but have, have been been laid off. And they're like, how do I do this? How do that? They feel shame about it. You should never feel shame about anything in your career past. Even if it's not knowing what you want, because people have the right to not know what they want and have to take a while to kind of get it together and figure out what it is that they want. The past is the past. You just build off of it, yeah. you know, and, and there is there's no shame. There's no shame in, in, in your choices. Um, it's what you're going to do from this point going forward or how you present those and how you position um, your past and, and your, your choices. Uh, more difficult explanations. So I have worked with people who work deservedly kind of had earned that title of job hopper because they really didn't know what they wanted. They really didn't know where they excelled. They lose a job and then they had to take one from necessity and they just were spinning their wheels and you could see it on the resume and you could see it when you talk to them and helping them get that kind of uh, understanding. And we'll talk about that in a second of what they wanted to do, help them position that. And that's where the dreaded cover letter really comes in handy because it's useful at that point. You can say, look, this is, this is what I've done. This is what I've learned from it. And this is why I know that this job really interests me. And, and I really would love to talk to somebody about it. And then network, 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 yeah. network, yeah. build relationships, build communities, whatever you want to call it. You need to start getting uh, relationships to help you get the foot in the door that help the resume and the cover letter work together with your actions to, to get the job that you want. Um, and if you need to take another one-year job in the meantime, so you have a place to sit and have a steady income while you figure it out and you're able to just breathe and, and take those steps, there's no shame in that either. Yeah. Because a lot of people I've worked with, they're like, I don't want to take another one-year job. So what? If you need to take another one-year job to get yourself you know, ready for the job that you really want to excel in, um, and maybe that's two years. We're not in a ten, tenure tenure anymore. You right. know, that's the, the world has changed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely has gone the way of you know why haven't you been in this company for twenty five years? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so so that's that's understandable. It's uh, uh, you know, yeah. The one year job side again. I think the point is if you have a plan of where you want to go, and you got to also admit to yourself, probably more often than not, that. You're not going to get there right away. You might need to take a one-year job or something, whatever you want to call it, to then get yourself moving forward. And, and like, again, uh, like you said, uh, if you have a plan and you need to understand that you may not get there right away, you got to figure out a different way to get there. Uh, and as long as you stay on that path, and like you said, network and others understand that, you know, one, yeah, there's definitely no shame. And definitely, I know if I were, you know, had a role that I'm looking at somebody that has those explanations, I go, I get it, you know, and a lot of it probably because I've been there too. So uh, I, I definitely think it helps uh, immensely if you can, like you said, on a resume, have a, a blurb. Uh, I created more of a story, how I yes. could transition. Whenever I, I talk to and during my networking conversations, informational interviews, I, it sounds I had a story, but it, it flowed because it made sense. And it and stories are never corny. Stories are never corny. And <laughs> and uh, but but I, I felt I had a good one because I could 
most people could understand what my trials and tribulations were moving from yes. one job to the next, et cetera. So that's definitely- Absolutely. So I think what it comes down to is when you're looking at what, what one would consider a true job hopper resume, there's a lack of intentionalism. You know, the other ones should have an intentional career and career story that shows as they go forward, whether they whether that involves layoffs or whether that involves, um, you know, other considerations, whatever it is. The, the, the ones that are the most problematic really show that lack of intentionalism. So how, as a candidate, you know, as a job seeker, can someone create that intentional career and, and resume? And th that's what's key, right, is, is uh, showing those kind of things. I, I will say we're, we're kind of need to wrap it up, uh, but that's a great summary. Uh, is there any other last comments you'd offer to uh, those that want to make sure they come across appropriately and not as a job hopper? Sure. So some things are out of your control, but others aren't. So you need to know who you are, what you love to do the most, what you love to do the least, the areas that you excel, the areas that energize you. Um, remember, it is okay to take a paycheck if you need to while you sit and think about the next the next job just to, to get a, a short term that allows you to get something where you can really um, enjoy and move forward. Own where you are and think about who you are and what you want and, and move forward. There is no shame in any, whatever your job record looks like, there is no shame in it. There is only where you're going to go from there. Yep. Uh, it's, it's how you respond to adversity or, or other things that, like you said, are not, may not be in your control. So you need to take uh, on what is in your control and put your best foot forward. So with that, Jessica, uh, I think that's a wrap for, for this week. Uh, again, for those of you listening, uh, you can get in contact with us on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. Jessica, what's your Twitter handle? JNJ Richardson. And mine is Bowden underscore Andy. So, uh, and, and if you, you'll find us there a lot. So, uh, Hopefully this was helpful for you all uh, listening in and uh, hopefully we'll have more for you in the coming weeks. Everybody have a great week. You too, Jessica. You too, Annie. All right. <laughs>